today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. We need men who are honestly willing to speak out the things that they're hearing from God and they desire to hear from God in their lives. As Peter says, not serving as lords over those entrusted to you, but by being examples to the flock. All those who serve his flock as elders need to be an example, an example of servanthood, an example of compassion, an example of sacrifice. An example of seeking that mind and that heart of God within their own personal lives and within their family. They have to have a a true humility, not a false humility. Leading the Lord's people is a high calling with great responsibilities. Those who aren't called to shepherd the Lord's people or who are unprepared to lead should not be allowed to enter into leadership positions. In today's message, Pastor David teaches us what the qualifications are for a pastor, bishop, elder, or anyone else in church leadership. First and foremost, church leaders should be living examples of faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Also, church leaders are called to serve God's people sacrificially and care for their needs. Now here's Pastor David with part two of his message, Wanted, True Shepherds, from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5. As we saw, he combines, he interchanges those titles, uh, the ministries of elder and overseer and shepherd, yet all at the same time, they're the same men. And here, the apostle Paul combines and he interchanges the ministries of elder and a bishop. So again, we see this happening within the scriptures. Now, when Peter, back here in 1 Peter chapter 5, when Peter speaks to the elders, again, he's not just speaking to the, to the old guys of church. He's speaking to those who have the, that, that particular calling, that responsibility for the oversight within the church. And he reminds them that he too is an elder of the church. He says, the elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder. He too has that privilege and that responsibility of leadership. Beloved, it is a privilege. It's, it's a privilege to be the, the pastor of this fellowship. For those that serve as elders of this fellowship, it's a great privilege to be able to do that. But it's also a great responsibility that's before those men that take that calling seriously. As we look at this, we saw Paul says, not only am I a fellow elder, but I was also a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And you think, well, why would he put that in there? I believe because he needs to remind these elders, these overseers, these shepherds, that our great shepherd suffered greatly for the flock. And there may be times of great suffering for those who serve as elders among the flock. Paul says, hey, 
or Peter says, I am an elder and I've seen the sufferings of Christ. And when we look at the very life history of Peter, we realize he goes through much suffering because of his position and his place within the body of Christ. And he says also, but yet I am also one who will be a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. He understands that the greatest portion of what he's going to receive as an elder is going to happen at the end of the season, at the end of his times, that glory that's yet going to be revealed. As great of a privilege, as great of a joy as it is to serve and to minister to the flock, he knows that, man, the greatest portion of this is going to be at the end when I see the Lord and, again, that great reward that comes. Peter is a man who speaks to the church with the authority of an apostle, but yet with the heart and the compassion of an elder and of a pastor. And the hope in his life is just like every believer, that the glory that is yet to be revealed, that final glory is going to be his to be able to enjoy. He instructs the elders here, to do their jobs as custodians of God's people. Again, that reminder that it's God's flock, it's not yours. You're, you're taking care of the great shepherd's flock. The elders were responsible for overseeing, for caring for, for directing the flock of God. And that needs to be seen as, again, that awesome and also awe-filled responsibility. And sometimes, yeah, it feels like a awful responsibility, all of those coming together. These are God's people. You're God's people. Myself as the pastor, the other elders that serve among this flock, among this body, serve as overseers, serve as shepherds. We need to treat you and respond to you and live with you with that very understanding. You're God's special sheep. And we get the joy, we get the privilege of being able to care and watch over and protect you. Those who serve in the capacity of elders or shepherds or pastors need to do it, though, because it's a call on their life to serve the people of God with that pure shepherd's heart. Peter's very clear as he states here that they do it not by compulsion, but they do it willingly. It's not because somebody says, oh, no, no, you, you ought to be, you need to be. No, there, there, there needs to be a call within their life. And again, Jesus is our great example. He describes himself in John chapter 10 as the great shepherd. He says, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. There's a real, a literal sacrifice that takes place, not only for the great shepherd, but for any that would take that position as elder or overseer or shepherd or pastor of the flock. Jesus also explained that he does this willingly and not by constraint. He says, I lay down my life and no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Elders are called to lay down their lives in service, not by compulsion, but because they're honored to be able to serve the Lord in sacrificial ways. And he all, Peter also says, and, and, and elders who are called need to serve, uh, or they, they are 
called not to serve for dishonest gain, but they're to do it eagerly. The unfortunate reality is, is that from the very beginning of the church, false shepherds, false teachers, false pastors came on the scene. And they, they were the ones who, because of their position, they would literally fleece the flock. They would, uh, again, get their support on the very backs of the sheep. Men who would literally plead for the widow's last dollar in order that they might be able to get a second or a third or a fourth ministry home or a luxury automobile. And you need to give more to this ministry. And then suddenly you see how these men live so far above everything else. So the question comes, should those who serve the body of Christ in that position as Full, in a full-time capacity as pastors or elders or overseers, should they be supported financially by the ministry? Well, there's so much abuse, maybe they shouldn't. But let's look at what the Word of God says. Paul, again, speaking in, in a, another location in First Timothy, he tells Timothy in First Timothy chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, he says, let the elders who rule, who rule well, be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Well, that doesn't mean they get paid. They just get more honor. Well, continue reading. Verse 18, for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Now, I don't know about that. Now I'm, you know, I, I don't mind being, you know, uh, pointed to and referred to as a sheep, but now being referred to as an ox, that's a little bit different, but... Uh, but he goes on. He says, the laborer is worthy of his wages. And he brought this same idea to the church body in 1 Corinthians. If you can turn there quickly, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 7, Paul still writing here, he says, uh, who goes to war at his own expense? Or who plants a vineyard and doesn't eat of its fruit? Or who tends a flock and doesn't drink of the milk of the flock? And then in verse 11, he says, if we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? And then in verse 14, he says, even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. He tells the church of Galatia a very similar thing in Galatians 6.6. 6. He says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Now, this isn't a message saying that, hey, uh, you need to, uh, again, get, give all the pastors a raise. That's not where I'm going with this. What I'm going with this is the calling and the positions of what God has placed within the church and why he has placed them. The ability to be able to serve the body in a full-time capacity, to be available to the body with that kind of a way. Now, the 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 other idea and the thought on here is, is there are some denominations, there are some religious groups that take great pride in saying, well, our those that serve as elders or overseers within our denomination or our group, they don't get paid. They just do it as unto the Lord. Well, the Bible says that they should be paid. So in their pride and in their arrogance of puffing themselves up and saying, hey, no, they don't get paid, are they really going against what the word of God speaks? So as we go on, we, we also see that back in Peter, 
Peter directs the elders to serve the flock as an example, not as little Napoleons, okay? They, they, they should live their lives as an example before the sheep. He says, don't be lords over those who are entrusted to you, but be examples to the flock. So very quickly, I, to help you look at some things, I want to speak to you about three different types of church government. Very Living as examples to the church, to the flock that they serve, means that these men who are serving as elders live as one of the sheeps, okay? We are one of the sheeps. Every elder that's in here, we are first of all a sheep in God's pasture. Secondly, we are called with a particular calling to serve the Lord. Now, when we get into various church governments, we look and see how the church works in this whole area, and this connects with the purpose of what an elders and overseers are there for. Of these three primary church governments, the first one is congregational. Congregational is where everyone in the congregation has a vote on everything that's done. The second one is called, again, generally, it's called Presbyterian. And this is where there's a body of elders who oversee and run the ministry. And then the third one is pastoral-led. And generally, that's where there's a senior pastor who's in the primary leadership role and overseeing of the ministry. Now, all three of these forms of leadership have their own built-in dangers, okay? All three of them do. The first one that we can very clearly see some some dangers in it is the congregational form of government. Now, the reason it is dangerous is because everyone within a congregational form of government, everyone, whether they're prayed up or not, whether they're spiritually mature or not, whether they have a long-time relationship with the church or they just joined it last week, every one of them gets a vote on how the church is to be run and what's to be done within the church. Now, the problem is you can't find very many biblical uh, uh, illustrations of that style of government, except one, and we look back in the Old Testament, and the one that we can see very clearly is the children of Israel, okay? The children of Israel, as they came out of Egypt, wandering in the wilderness, it was a congregational type of a thing. Remember, the whole congregation rose up against Moses, and they voted and said, no, we don't want to go forward. We want to go back to Egypt. And so, again, we don't see any good things in that form of government. The whole congregation rose up to be a congregation of little Napoleons. (laughs) The word seems to be pretty clear in the New Testament that the church is to be led by the elders. That's why they're there, both singular or plural. That second form of government, the Presbyterian, this plurality of leadership or elders. This form is not bad at all, but but even there you can have power plays, you can have politics, you can have a pastor that because the it's the eldership that, that leads the church, he serves as more of a hireling to the congregation, more than that man that God has called with a vision and a direction and a leading for that church. He can come in with a great vision and then suddenly the elders, uh, they, they squelch that. 
they, they can redirect that. And so you have that built-in problem. Now, it can work, and it does work very well, as long as those who are in the position as ruling elders don't take the ruling thing too far, and as long as they don't become a session of little Napoleons, okay? So the third area, pastoral-led. Even this one, there is built-in problems even from the get-go, okay? Because if you have a pastoral-led church and that pastor is uh, prideful or fearful or flesh-full, you're going to have problems. He needs to be someone who surrounds himself with godly counsel. He needs to have within his counsel this checks and balances type system by having other elders around him to be certain that what he's hearing is it is the word of the Lord and not his own wicked heart. Okay, There has to be that balance. And a lone ranger type of pastor can very quickly become a little Napoleon. He can become a dictator. He can become a personal kingdom builder and a people killer. So again, cautions on those things. But guys, it's not so much the form of the government as much as it is the heart of those who are in the positions of leadership. Now years ago, Calvary chapels, when they began, they were formed in a pastoral-led fashion. But it was more than just pastoral-led. It was also, they incorporated what's called a, a Moses model to where the pastor would bring around him those men who had areas of responsibility within the fellowship and those again that were checks and balances within it it's the idea that god has one man who has been given the vision for the fellowship and for the ministry but yet he surrounds himself with those who are willing to lift his arms in the midst of battle and also share the load the care and the welfare of the people it's the idea of a pastor surrounding himself with mature men of God who are more willing to listen to God than they are to man. That's the kind of elders that we need within this fellowship. We need men who are honestly willing to speak out the things that they're hearing from God and they desire to hear from God in their lives. As Peter says, not serving as Lord's over those entrusted to you, but by being examples to the flock. All those who serve his flock as elders need to be an example, an example of servanthood, an example of compassion, uh, an example of sacrifice, an example of seeking that mind and that heart of God within their own personal lives and within their family. They have to have a, a true humility, not a false humility, but a humility that helps them to be able to see the glory of God and the beauty and the great value of the precious sheep that he's called them to serve and to care for. With an understanding, just like our great shepherd, Jesus Christ, realizes the the, the, the sweetness and the pleasure of the sacrifice in order to bless those sheep. It's that type of man, whenever, whenever he serves as an elder or as a pastor, as an overseer or as the shepherd, it's only that type of man that's going to be able to look forward to, as Peter says here, to look forward to that when that chief shepherd appears, they're going to have that hopeful expectation 
of receiving that crown of glory that does not fade away. And as Paul told Timothy, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, and again, without understanding that bishop is also an overseer, it goes right along with the idea of elder. It's in the same framework of what he's speaking there. Bishop, elder, overseer, even shepherd or pastor. He says, if a man desires that position, he desires a good thing. Now, I've heard many times. Somebody that desires a position of leadership, oh, you don't want them because that'll go to their head. Well, maybe God has called them in that place. Maybe God is stirring on their hearts because they understand that leadership means sacrifice, that leadership means commitment in a a passionate and compassionate way. Maybe that's the heart. It's, It's... I believe that it's a good thing when somebody says, you know what, I feel that God wants me to serve this body in that way. Most all of you, if you've been with us for any period of time, you realize that we as a fellowship right now today, we're in a season of of change. There's a lot of things that are going on. And, And most believe that this is also a season of growth for us as a ministry. Now, I'm not such a novice, but that I also understand that growth can be good and it can be bad. It can go either way. I mean, just to have a lot more people, you know what? That can just be a lot more problems, okay? I I fully understand that. Growth is not always a good thing. I would much rather we grow this way, okay? We grow deep in the Lord than growing this way. But as we see, the Lord is bringing new families, new individuals within this fellowship. And because of that, we are looking for additional men to serve this fellowship in that position of elder. Right now, we're looking for those men. Not just business savvy men, not just men with wisdom and experience, so all of that is good. We're looking for men who have a spiritual maturity in their lives and a hunger for the things of God within their lives. And by the way, age is not the measuring factor, okay? I've known men in their late 20s, early 30s even, that because of their growth and experience in the Lord, they had the heart of an elder and they could serve the church as an elder. I've also known men who were in their 60s, 70s, and 80s that were, uh, even though they may have been saved for years, they were still babes in Christ and their, their calling wasn't as elder of a fellowship. We're looking for men with integrity enough to say no when everybody else is saying yes. We're looking for men with vision enough to say yes when everybody else is saying no. We're looking for men that have a calling on their life, a calling as an elder or as a shepherd with a desire to really care for the flock, with a desire to pour out their life in service for the Lord, in caring for his flock. And as I said at the very beginning and throughout this thing, this is a special calling that not everyone can and not everyone should answer. The sign still reads today, wanted shepherds with a true calling in their life to care for, direct, protect, and feed the sheep owned by another. 
Though we've come to the end of our time with you today on The Open Word, you don't have to wait to hear more from Pastor David Landry. In fact, Pastor David's here to tell you more. Thanks, Chris. The Open Word has an archive of previous messages ready to be listened to, downloaded, and shared at theopenword.com. Simply click on the teachings link at the top of the page. You can also take The Open Word with you as you go by subscribing to our podcasts. This can be done through our website or by searching for The Open Word on iTunes. By subscribing, you'll have sound biblical teachings with you anytime and anywhere. Thanks, Pastor David. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast as well. As soon as we post a new message from The Open Word, you'll receive a notification. This way, you'll never miss an update. While you're on our website, you can learn more about what we believe as a ministry, as well as find out ways to support us. One way is through prayer, something we're always grateful for. We need to make sure we're focusing first on Jesus, then on what we're creating. We want every edition of The Open Word to come from the Savior, not from us. Your prayers for us help us do this. Would you also pray for the listeners of The Open Word? Pray that hearts and ears would be open to Jesus and that the gospel will continue to spread throughout the earth. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in today to The Open Word.